tomorrow. Uh, Next week, we're going to be starting in the letter to the Galatians, Paul's letter to the Galatians. So that's what we're we're going to be starting next week, next Sunday. But for today, it's a special Thanksgiving message. And the title of this morning's message is Be the One. Be the One. Uh, That'll all make sense as we continue going through this message. And you'll see what, what it is that is meant by that statement, Be the One. Oftentimes, um, you know, people go with the flow. Um, they don't stand out. They, they don't stand up. They don't um, go against the grain. They kind of just go with whatever is easy and um, with less conflict and all of that. Well, you know, if, when we stand in Christ, we're going to be confronted with conflict, um, resistance, uh, things of that uh, nature. Why? Because um, the enemy doesn't like when we stand up in God's truth. And do that which pleases him. He wants to destroy. He wants to bring us down. He wants to divide. He wants to do all these things. And so we're naturally going to be going against the grain of the world. And the things that are pleasing to the world. Um, Nonetheless, we need to stand up and be the one. There are things of beauty all around us. We can agree with that. Um, If you've ever gone to the Grand Canyon or experienced a, a beautiful sunset on our western coast here, on the Pacific coast, you can see uh, amazing beauty in God's creation. Um, there are places all around us that we can go to and just enjoy God's creation, God's beauty. It is truly amazing to take in. But we also know the blessings of companionship, of fellowship, of uh, relationships you know, with one another. That is absolutely beautiful. And I believe that those circumstances that we find ourselves in with other people, those relationships that we can really come to know are more beautiful than the most wonderful and colorful sunset that you could find anywhere in the world. Any scene that you can take in, um, I believe a relationship with someone else is more beautiful than any of that. For God did not send His Son to die for His scenery, but for you and I, that we would be reconciled unto Him, that we would be restored unto Him. We would know that intimacy with Him. That's why Jesus came. Thanks. Thanks is an expression of gratitude. It could be expressed in many different ways. Uh, One way is a note, right? Giving someone a note or a card, you're expressing an attitude of thankfulness toward them. Also saying it. You know, I I think oftentimes we don't say it enough. I'm thankful for you. I'm so grateful for you. Um, For you being in my life or who you are in my life and just I'm grateful for you. We should say it. So not just with a note, not just with the card, but also saying it. The giving of thanks expresses to someone a personal gratitude for what they've given to you. They've given you perhaps a word of encouragement. They've given help when needed. They've given a gift, given you friendship, given you instruction, advice, and even, yes, correction. But there's another way of giving thanks. This is the way... Perhaps teachers and parents uh, wish to receive thanks, even if it's never heard by their ear, even if it's never written down on a note or a card. 
This third way lends actually credibility to the first ones that I mentioned. It lends sincerity of your word. More note of gratitude. The third way is expressed by how you live your life. With each other, toward another. Gratitude is not just an attitude that we decide to adopt for our own personal sake uh, of self-appeasement. Oftentimes, you know, we, we, we say thank you only if it, like, if it feels good to me, but maybe not because it's just the right thing to do. Why? Because we are truly grateful. It should be an attitude that is really indwelt within us, deep down inside. This is just what we feel, and so it just, it just comes out. It should be a way of life for the person who knows God's love and grace and forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus Christ. It should just come out. You just can't help yourself. It just comes. You can't hold it back. If you know, like this morning, we partook, we participated in communion. You know what this is an expression of? Gratefulness, thankfulness. We are so thankful, Lord, that you did not hold anything back. Nothing. Father, you sent your son to this earth to die on the cross for me. I often say, how then shall we live? What is our response to that? For without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. There's no forgiveness of sin. And so we, it should be bubbling up from within us, right? We're just thankful. Like, nothing can hold that back. It should express itself by the way we live our lives. Gratitude is a right response to the life that we have in Christ, the hope that we have in His grace and the Spirit that lives within us to keep us, guide us, and teach us until we are in the Lord's presence. And by the way, we can live our lives in response to what God has already demonstrated to us. And, and the manner in which he gave us eternal life was by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But it is far beyond our imagination. The glory of God. We can't even imagine it. We can, we can talk about it. We can look forward to it. We can even cling to it by faith. But if someone were to catch a glimpse of heaven like Paul did, perhaps they would live like Paul did. And more people would come to Christ. It's like just a glimpse. This is it right here. Whoa. I will sell everything just for that. I, would, I will forsake all to follow you. Why? Because in forsaking all and... In forsaking my own life, I have eternal life. I have it with you. That, that's what I want to gain. I've heard it said that right theology leads to right living. Bad theology leads to bad living or wrong living. And that includes whether we live grateful lives or ungrateful lives consistently. And the question for our lives is, does it show? Does it show? We can say, well, just let me give you this picture. Jason, if I were to tell you, right, I mean, I'm, I'll follow you. I've committed to following you. I'm devoted. 
I've made up my mind. I've decided to follow you. And as you're walking out that door, I, I see you. But Jason, I've, I've committed to you. I'm devoted. I, I will. I'm sincere. I'm genuine in me saying I will follow you, right? I'm a man of my word. You keep going. What does what, what that, that say? Do my words mean anything? All right. Do my words mean anything? Yeah, you can go ahead and respond. No, right? No, no, they do. No. Empty, Lord. You're, or uh, you're, you're, Lord knows you're a liar, right? The truth is not in you. Why? Because my actions do not follow what I've been saying. That's why we can say these things. We've committed to the Word of God. We've committed to following Jesus Christ. And yet we fail to really truly take in God's wisdom and His Word and live in response to the sacrifice and the love that He's already demonstrated to us. Oh, I'm fully committed to the Lord. And yet I want to do whatever it is that I want to do. Oh, I know that's the right thing to do. But I'm going to stay where I'm at. Like, well, then what's going on here? It's not matching up, right? When we truly respond to the love that God has demonstrated to us, again, we will live grateful lives filled with faith and truly follow Him, allowing Him to govern us, to lead us, guide us, correct us, strengthen us, encourage us, refine us, purify us, all of those things. This morning we're studying gratitude for the person who is a Christ follower and learning what it is and means, what it does, and ultimately you will be encouraged to exercise it, I pray, I hope, in your own life. We're taking a look at a time when ten lepers were healed in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And what we, we will see is that ten people were healed, but how many came back and thanked Jesus? One. That was it. Just one. And whether lepers are blind or mute, lame or deaf, these are all considered, were considered, and still are considered, in many cases, to be outcasts of society. But it was through these that Jesus performed miracles so that the world would know that He had the power and authority as God. That was the whole purpose of all of these miracles, the things that He performed. So that the world would know He is God. Acknowledge the hand of help and you'll know the heart of help. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to each and every one of us, Lord. That you would help us to realize how thankful we should be. How grateful we should be. And that our lives should reflect that. The way we live our lives, respond to certain situations, how we ought to love each other. In fact, you tell us in your word that by this, all the whole world will, will know that we are your disciples by the love that we have for one another. Well, that's according to your word. Lord, I, I pray that this Thanksgiving, this time at the end of the year to where... We, we are reminded that uh, we are to be thankful for the things that you have provided for us and more importantly, who you are in our lives and how it is that we're coming to a, 
a time of also celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that, Lord, we would really fully understand how that should translate into how we live our lives. Lord, I know that we will have no trouble being joyful if we draw closer to you. If we look to you, understand our hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, speak to us this morning. Help us to understand and we commit this time of study into your hands, Lord, into your care. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's read Luke chapter 17, beginning in verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. What a story, what a situation that we have before us. You see, leprosy, uh, it's this, uh, a bacterial disease that affects both the skin and the nerves, leaving the person permanently disfigured. It's it just progressive, and it just devastates a person. Leviticus chapter 13, verses 45 and 46 says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. It was for this reason that the, the lepers that had come close were at a distance. They kept their distance from Jesus and all the people. And they cried out with a loud voice. They couldn't break the Mosaic law that applied to them as they were in that condition of leprosy. Yes, Jesus was met by ten lepers and crying out for mercy, but only one we know through this returned to Jesus to express his gratitude for having healed him. Be the one. Right? This is what I was getting at from the very beginning, is be that one. It doesn't matter what the rest of the people do. Be the one who falls at Jesus' feet and gives him the praise and are truly thankful and worship him, regardless of what everyone else does. But number one, obedience is an act of faith. Verse 14, let's take a look at that again. Verse 14 says, When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So as soon as Jesus told them, Go, they went, all ten of them. All ten went. According to the Mosaic law, it was 
a Levitical priest who would have to inspect them and determine whether they were clean or not. And if deemed clean, then they would go through this cleansing ritual that involved sacrifices and ceremonial washings for seven days. So it was a whole process that they had to go through. And it was at this point that one, kept back, one, one came back, but the other nine kept going to make sure they did everything right, according to the Mosaic Law. I mean, as soon as they, they figured out, they were healed. We were done. It's like, whoa, this is amazing, right? Nine kept going, one went back. The nine wanted to make sure, I want to make sure I present myself before the priest and he inspects me, and he sees that I'm completely healed. I want to be brought back into society and be received back in. But there's this contrast that Jesus is giving us here between the nine lepers and the one. Many of us can be the same way. Instead of stopping and acknowledging God for what He has done in our lives by saving us by His grace, we continue on this path of religious duty to make sure we are right before man before simply stopping and showing our gratitude toward God for the things that He has done. Like as if that would please the Lord. It it won't please the Lord. We, We ought to just run back to Him. Um, I can apply this in so many different ways. Sometimes there are issues in our lives. And I know I've brought this before to where uh, we'll come to the Lord and we'll cry out from a distance. Right? Help me. Save me, you know, from my circumstances and the things that I'm going through. In the moment that things are okay, we, we now, you know, finances are better, you know, we have our job, a career, and things are going in the right direction, you know, uh, we, we run in the wrong direction. We run with the nine so that we'll be received back into society instead of simply running to the Lord and falling at His feet and giving Him praise and worship. That's the right place to be. We need to be thankful in the right place before the right person. We don't need man to deem us clean when God has already done that through His grace and our faith in Jesus Christ as far as salvation is concerned. While it is true that only one came back praising God and giving thanks to Jesus, still all ten had been healed. You see, God doesn't heal someone on the condition that He receives uh, praise and worship. It's like, well, I'm only going to do this in your life if uh, you truly genuinely and perfectly give me praise and thanks. When was the last time you gave God like perfect praise and thanks for every little thing that he's done in your life? Can you raise your... Okay. Correct. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't do things in our lives on that condition. He just doesn't do that. He does these things unconditionally because he's God. And His ways and purposes are beyond our thoughts, our ways, way, way beyond, way beyond. Because we don't deserve anything. We're not entitled to anything. It's not because, oh, I'm going to give God, you know, His due praise and worship, and, and you guys don't, right? 
And so therefore, he's going to bless me because I'm going to do this for him. It's like, really? (laughs) There's nothing that you can do for God that would serve as a condition upon which he blesses you and I. While it is true that only one came back praising God and giving thanks to Jesus, still all ten had been healed. That's something that we need to understand. You know, sometimes we go through this and we study this section of Scripture and we only just focus on the one. But listen, all ten were healed. Even if they give a small amount of praise out there, oh, that's more than anyone who hadn't been healed and doesn't give God the praise that he is due for having done so. Listen, he doesn't bless on the condition that we give him perfect praise and are thankful toward him. If this were not true, the father would have never sent his son. I can simply go to one one verse. Just one verse, Romans 5 But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? Um, did he send his son? Okay, so listen, I'm not, I'm not going to send my son unless all of you repent and come to... No, right? No, he, he, he desires that none should perish, but he knows that many will still reject his son. Even knowing Scripture, you know, the Jews were blinded with, you know, the laws before them. You know, they, they saw it a certain way. And even when Jesus came on the scene and he died on the cross and he resurrected from the grave three days later, walked with his disciples for 40 days and teaching them, they still didn't believe. There were eyewitnesses. There were people who knew. There are many who would still reject. And this one verse tells us that... It's not dependent on our response to him, although he desires that many would come to repentance and salvation. Oh, he still sent his son. What does that say of us? I'm only going to do this for you if you do something for me. That's the wrong kind of attitude that you should have toward other people. I'm only going to forgive you if you forgive me. It shouldn't be that way. For these ten, they were simply being obedient to what Jesus had told them to do. Obedience is an act of faith and it pleases God. According to what? Hebrews 11, 6, right? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him, God, right? The question is, will you stop to express your gratitude to the Lord? And that's really what we come down to. That one that came back, was the one that we ought to be. Be the one. The one that comes back and expresses gratitude and thankfulness toward the Lord. Secondly, gratitude is a decision and an action. Verse 15 says, Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. So it wasn't like, Ah, Jesus, I I don't want to let everyone else know. Right? He didn't do that. He was like, Jesus, I'm healed. 
you did it. Thank you so much. I praise God. Thank you so much. You healed me. It's like, oh my gosh, what's a, <laughs> there's a commotion here. Oh, I give you all the praise, give you all the honor. He came back, truly being thankful. A decision is confirmed by action. A decision is not really a decision without action. And I, I gave that illustration, you know, Jason, you know, and saying I'll follow you. But if there's no action, my words are simply empty. Can you imagine saying you'll follow someone while not moving? Right? Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A person must make a conscientious decision to rejoice from a knowledge or a belief that God is worth rejoicing about. Why? Why why would we do this and at the same time not realizing at that very moment any kind of response from the Lord yet, and, and yet be thankful? Because we're trusting in Him and this is reasonable. Why? Because He's faithful. This is reasonable as you are calm, cool, and collected in the Lord, trusting Him and waiting on Him as you believe that your life is held in His hands. We should be okay with that. I'm fine with that. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Even if I go through what I go through, that is serving to bring glory to the Lord. Depends on how I'm responding to those things that I'm faced with in my life. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But as I said last week, and I've said before, too many times we are anxious about things. We're all filled with worry and such anxiety, you know, and so we're, we're medicated. And we're, we go to um, the people that we talk to and share everything with when we should be coming to the Lord regularly every day and talking to Him. That's prayer and reading His Word. This is His instruction manual for us as He's given us eternal life and now we look to His Word for everything that pertains to life and godliness. This is wisdom. And and with this, we have an understanding of how to deal with circumstances in our lives and, and then we realize, oh, we're in God's hands. No one can take us out of His hands. We can go through this. We're okay. We're fine. Our hearts are not troubled. We're not anxious. We're not filled with worry. We're at peace. Because God is faithful. And that peace is what guards our hearts. Our hearts, because our hearts are deceitful and wicked. Who can know our minds, because our thoughts can, they can really get away from us, right? Our thoughts, take them captive and submit them to the governance of God's word. You submit every time. You might be thinking something right now. It's odd. It really is odd. It just proves this spiritual warfare, right? You could be praying and you're like, how did that come into my mind? You could be sitting in church 
And you're thinking, man, I am condemned. This is, wow. Where did that thought come from, right? Take it captive, submit it to the Lord, and see how it matches up to the Word of God. Just give it to Him. Um, Jot down Philippians 4, 8. In fact... This, check this out. Philippians 4.8. Because right after what we just went over, the Apostle Paul writes to the Philippians in Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Are the things that you are thinking about and allowing to ruminate in your minds and in your hearts aligned with this? If not, submit them to the Lord. Repent of anything that is like not good. And think on these things. These things are worthy of meditating on, thinking on. And fill your heart and your mind with God's word. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Check out Psalm 1 as well. So, there has to be a conscientious decision with action. And with that, it's a reasonable response to the love of God. Us demonstrating to Him that we are grateful. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and, the, and uh, God the Father through Him. Whatever you say and do should be an expression of gratitude Toward the Lord. Gratitude is also an exercise of the will. And it is God's will. We align ourselves with God's will. It's according to His will. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. What circumstances? All. Yeah, but you don't know my circumstances. No, but God does. In all circumstances. That seems odd, no? It's like I'm in troubled circumstances. Well, it says here, give thanks in all circumstances. We need to realize uh, a few things about really God's character and who He is in our lives in order to be able to do even that one thing. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always. When? Always. And for everything. To God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why is it God's will? Because it goes back to trusting that He is sovereign and faithful and you are simply grateful for being His. Isn't that enough? I am secure in Christ. I have the hope of heaven. I am truly grateful for that. Everything else is just icing on the cake. It's like, thank you, Lord. Maybe to your glory. Philippians 1.6 says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that? He's faithful. He'll bring it, he'll bring it through. He's faithful. He'll bring you all the way through. He's not going to leave you halfway. It's like, you know, that incomplete job, that honeydew that wasn't done, right? Bettina's thinking of a few right now. <laughs> that reminds me, right? God is not like that. He finishes. He's faithful. And we know that for those who love God, all, th- all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose, Romans 8, 28. 
You need to keep all those in mind. Fourthly, gratitude is an act of humility. Verse 16, check this out. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Ooh, a Samaritan. Not only was he leprous, but he was a Samaritan. Oh, man, Samaritans do not mix with Jews. No, 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 no. Not only did he heal him, but he was the only one that came back grateful and fell at the feet of Jesus and thanked him for having healed him. Let's remember the parable that Jesus told about the good Samaritan that took care of the man who had been beaten and robbed and acted like a good neighbor, not considering any external social man-made barrier, but the person himself as he is loved by God equally. There should be nothing that separates us from expressing our love toward one another as God has no barrier but our own pride and stubbornness and rejection of Him. That, that's it. By the way, that, if we remain in our sin, that's the only barrier that keeps us from a relationship with the Father. If we completely surrender, come to Him humbly and just surrender, it doesn't, doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter. For the Samaritan did not consider any social division, just the knowledge of Jesus' love and grace. He just came to him. He, he didn't regard anything. You're a Jew? It doesn't matter. You, you healed me. You are amazing. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Humility. Being thankful towards someone is to acknowledge that they are the source of your gratitude. A humble posture, that's what that is. A humble posture. A person who lacks in giving thanks is a person who lacks humility. Pride remains and that posture remains. It's very evident. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. We are to humble. That's, that's what the Lord elevates is, is a humble person but in his own economy and in his own way, he does it. This man's actions were an expression of humble thankfulness toward Jesus. Also, gratitude draws us closer to God. Look at verse 12 once more. Verse 12 says, And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance. Stood at a distance. But then look at 16 once more. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. So before he, they stood at a distance and now he was healed, he was truly thankful. He didn't care. He came and just fell at Jesus' feet. It brings us closer to God when we, he is the object of our gratitude, of being thankful, of our hope, everything, and, and it draws us closer to the Lord. A heart of gratitude toward God will always cause us to draw near to him, singing his praises. When we're thankful for each other, that draws our hearts closer to each other. Not away. When we're thankful for each other and toward each other, we're drawn closer. That's what it does when we give that gratitude and praise and are thankful toward God. Oh, we sing His praises. We're truly thankful toward Him. 
We are grateful. We fall to our knees. We tell Him, thank you, Lord, for the things that you've done and continue to do for me and through me. Thank you. You are faithful. Thank you for the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. Psalm 100, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. The only way to express your gratitude towards someone is to draw near to them and tell them. Tell them. Don't, don't hold back. Especially during this time. You know, in, in times past, uh, for a Thanksgiving message, I've, I've had everyone write down what they're thankful for. What, what I would ask you to do is write down those things that you're thankful for, but toward God. Like you're writing Him. God, Lord, I am thankful for. And jot those things down. Think about it. Think about it. What are you thankful for? It's an intimate event in which hearts are drawn toward each other. But in that exercise, our hearts are drawn toward the Lord. It's, it's a, that saying, you know, we count our blessings. You know, it's just not this exercise that we go through. You know, I'm thankful for, you know, we go through. No, really, what are you thankful for? Think about these things. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. I love that, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what he says. As we forsake that which is a shame to him, which is sin, which is sin it draws us, it forces us to turn and look to Him. And He's so willing, He desires to pardon us, to forgive us of those sins. When you realize God's faithfulness and also realize you have been ungrateful, have all of you been like perfectly grateful toward the Lord? Let's all agree, no, we have not, right? There are so many things in which I can say, you know what, I haven't been grateful really holy toward you, God, and so therefore I want to acknowledge you. Definitely. I want to sing your praises. I want to really come to you humbly and just fall at your feet. Tonight we're going to have that time of just praising God, falling at His feet. Tonight's a time to where we can, you know, definitely drop to our knees if we so desire and lift up our hands and, and definitely our voices to the Lord. And just being grateful toward Him. When you realize God's faithfulness, it draws us unto Himself. His kindness draws men unto Himself. His love. We draw near to Him and express our gratitude. So gratitude is, number one, an act of faith. Secondly, a decision and action. Thirdly, it's an alignment with God's will. Fourthly, it's an act of humility. And number five, it draws us closer to God. Those things. We've all failed at some point at showing gratitude just as the nine lepers did. 
not realizing all that he's provided, perhaps holding a grudge because perhaps we're not who or where we ought to be in life as we, we think we should be. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, oh, man, we're not where we should be. Sometimes because we think we're not getting what we should get and we've been asking for. Right? We've been like that, that widow. I'm persistent, right? But we're not getting it. It's like, well, maybe the Lord just still doesn't see a right heart. Maybe it's no. <laughs> maybe it's going a different direction. Maybe it's stay. You know, all of these things. Let's leave all of that alone. Can we be content where we're at? Is God not enough for us? He should be. Are you thankful for that? Is it because you yourself haven't been recognized? You haven't been thanked yourself. Why would I thank others? Because it takes too much time to thank someone else? Whatever it is, let's take the time to thank the Lord for His grace through His Son. We are truly thankful for that. I'm so sorry, Lord, for all of these things. But I'm going to give you thanks because of the grace that you've demonstrated to us, to me, your love through Jesus Christ. Oh, you provided for me more than material things, more than financial means, a roof over my head, way more than all that. You've provided for me the hope of heaven in Jesus Christ, eternity with you. We should be thankful for his patience with us. That's what we should be thankful. We should be thankful for his love, for his mercy, his compassion, his comfort. We should be thankful for all of those things. I'm truly thankful for him, but I'm also thankful for each and every one of you. You have no idea. And I've said this before, you have no idea just what a source of encouragement each and every one of you are to help us continue to walk with the Lord in such a way that brings glory to Him. There's truly purpose within and among God's people. And we are His. Thankful for so much. Psalm 145.3 says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. D.L. Moody said, quote, The only man who ever suffered more uh, or suffered before Christ was that servant who had his ear cut off. But most likely, in a moment afterward, he had it on, and very likely it was a better ear than ever. Because whatever the Lord does, he does it well. No one ever lost his life with him. Now we can give up a life that isn't worth holding on to in order to gain a life that is worth looking forward to and having for all eternity in the presence of the Lord. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Is this not enough by itself to be grateful for God for? And I pray that each and every one of you, right now, sitting right here, know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you don't, 
make sure you don't walk out of here without knowing at least how is it that I could uh, come to know salvation in Jesus Christ, like forgiveness of sins. Um, have that certain hope of forever being in the presence of God for all eternity. Don't, don't walk out of here without asking, without inquiring about that. But let me tell you this, very simple. Ask God for forgiveness and ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Salvation, you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Just cry out to Him, please save me, help me, forgive me, be my Lord and Savior. And He'll meet you right where you're at. He'll change your life completely, give you a whole new life. Gratitude. Ten lepers, but only one who considered the source of his healing and expressed his gratitude. Acknowledge the hand of help, and you'll know the heart of help. So in closing, be the one. Be the one. And in being the one, you will encourage others to be the one also, to also come back and give gratitude and praise with thankfulness toward the Lord and worship Him. You'll be that source of encouragement if you stand and you are the one. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love, your compassion, and the demonstration of your love toward us through your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that all of us would be thankful here. We would be grateful, and it would show by the way we live our lives in response to that. We want to um, just ask that you would help us Lord, to walk with you. Lord, we are in desperate need of your spirit to bring to our remembrance your word that we may apply it to our lives. That we would respond in ways that glorify you in the situations that we find ourselves in. And I do pray for anyone here who does not know you. I pray, Father, that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the moment in which they can look back to and say, this this is the day that I truly understood what it meant to be thankful. Not just today, but for all eternity. To have a hope now in me and a joy that can not be shaken or taken away by anything or anyone. To make it be known to the whole world that we are truly thankful for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.